Every single Christian, born-again Christian sitting in this room, you are called to conquest. None of us are ever called to be on the sideline. Sure, you are saved. Sure, you're going to heaven. But every one of us who is still breathing, the fact that you are still breathing is the indication that God still has a lot of conquest for you in your lifetime. Because if there's no more conquest in your life, he'd have called you home. You wouldn't even be here. I want to encourage every believer sitting in this house to consider this, is that you and I become determined and resolved to live a life of conquest. The Word of God says that He made us more than conqueror. The Word of God encourages that we ought to always be on the increase. Listen, when you are conquering or when you are gaining territories, you are not conquering and gaining territory for yourself. You are conquering and gaining territory for the kingdom of God because every conquest you make, every victory that you you have belongs to the kingdom of God. It caused the kingdom of God to have victory. Your victory is not only your victory, your victory is the kingdom victory. That's why God called all of us into that calling of conquest, into that life of conquest, from one conquest to another. We are all we always ought to be on the increase every day from glory to glory, never to stop and sit on the sideline. I know a lot of people like to think about retirement. It's okay because many of us you know, we work at a job we hate, you know, and we just don't enjoy what we do, and we're tired, and, and we don't want to serve the world anymore, and, and so we're thinking of retirement. But retirement, it really is the concept of the world. You know, kids these days, even before they graduate from university, they're already thinking about retirement. They haven't even started yet, they're thinking about retirement. See, the society is teaching that you ought to be lazy and take it easy and be on the sideline. But friends, even if you're retired, even you do not get employed or you're not in that gainfully, gainful employment, may I encourage you that the reason you're still breathing is because God wants you to have more conquest in your life, more conquest for His kingdom, more conquest for His glory. If you are healthy, He wants you to be healthier. If you are wealthy, He wants you to be wealthier. If you have spiritual victory, He wants you to have more spiritual victory. Come on! Let's praise the Lord. We live a life of conquest, not a life that's sitting on the sideline. And He has enabled all of us to be more than conqueror. You say, Pastor, I'm healthy. I'm too healthy. I'm healthy. I have nothing, nothing in my life. Then use the anointing of health in your life to pray for someone who is sick so that you can conquer more disease and sickness in Jesus' name. Come on. And if you say, I'm a, I got all the money in the world I need to have, well, start giving it away. I saw somebody post this. When your income increase, don't increase your living, what's it, the, the, the life, the standard of living. When your, your income increase, don't increase the standard of living. Increase your giving. So you have all the money in the world. Go for more, not for yourself. But you know, there are a lot of needs. There are a lot of needs around the world, not only here, but all over the world. People have needs. You say, I have friends, I'm fine, I don't need any more friends. Well, friend, why don't you get more friends so that the people who are lonely can have more friends? It's not about you. All of us need to conquer more. Let me tell you this. Every time you conquer something, there is an opportunity for you to use that experience to encourage someone else to have the same victory. 
Come on, can I, can I have an agreement? So if you already conquer everything, which I don't believe you have, nobody has, conquer more for the glory of God. So we are all called for conquest. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're called for conquest. Now, in the scripture that has been just shown to you this morning, I want to share with you three points that are absolutely important for us to consider if we are to embark on this journey of conquest. That I want to encourage you that you would never ignore this, but always keep in mind. Because it's very important that we follow this principle. And I want you to pay attention to what it is I want to share. Go ahead and first just show the first scripture, Joshua chapter 5. Now here Joshua is about to lead the people of nations, as most of you know, to have their first conquest under the leadership of Joshua. To, to, to live in the fulfillment, to begin to, to realize the fulfillment of the promise of God. And so what happened? Well, before they started anything over the other side of the river of Jordan, this is what happened. The Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. Go ahead. Next scripture. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stay in their places and in the camp till they were healed. Everybody say, till they were healed. Okay, remember this. Next scripture. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Now, the Bible tells us New Testament. Go ahead and turn to Romans. It says that the circumcision for us believer is no longer just though no longer the circumcision of the flesh. In fact, even in the Old Testament, Jeremiah says that it's really not in, enough that you circumcise just the flesh, because the more important thing is that you need to have a circumcision of the heart. But here in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, we Gentiles, we non-Jews. The Bible says that the circumcision is of the heart, in the spirit. So when we talk about circumcision, don't worry, we're not taking up knives and getting all the boys to do the thing. But circumcision of the heart is important. What am I saying? Watch this. Before they start their first conquest, the first of many conquests, God wanted them to have circumcision of the heart for the purpose, watch this, to roll away their reproach. Every new conquest you're going to embark on, before you embark on anything, to ensure victory, you need the Lord to begin to roll away the things that may hold you back and cause you to fail. For them, it's the reproach of Egypt. You see, all these people that are about to become warriors and captains and generals, they were children of slaves and children of children of slaves. Their father, their forefathers, through many generations have been slaves. Slavery is in their DNA, in their mindset. 
It is impossible sometimes to get rid of those mindset. But under the miracle of God, as they go through this process of circumcision, God removed the reproach, the shame, the identity, the thinking of slaves. That they can walk into this promised land as conqueror, as children of God, children of the promise. And that's, God wants, God, that's why God wants you to, before you go conquer anything, there are things in your life that God needs to remove. We spoke about pruning last week. We talk, spoke about shedding things. It's the same concept. There are things that God needs to get rid of so that you can become more confident, so that you can become more clear in your walk with God, so you can walk in your destiny without having anything to inhibit you. You know, speaking of reproach and shame, you know, when I was younger, I was always very ashamed of everything in my life. From my looks, to my skin color, I'll tell you this. To my education, to my family background, to where I live. You know, I would, people would drive me home. I'd have them drop me a block away from my house because I don't want them to see where I live. I was ashamed. We're living a hole in a wall, you understand what I mean? I was ashamed to drop me. I said, why? It's cold. It's okay, man. I just been okay. Because I don't want to see, I would tend to see where I live. I was ashamed of my background. You know, parents were poor. I didn't want to tell people that I were poor. So I didn't want to tell anybody. I was ashamed. I was very insecure. How could I serve God like that? How could I ever be successful? I was ashamed of the way I talk, you know. You know, I, I, don't have pro, I, have problem, I don't have problem only in English. I mean, if you ask my wife sometimes in Chinese, I, I, just, I, just, I just get confused. With, I, I'm not a linguistic specialist. I, language in me is just as far as east to west. You know, it's like we're not friends. I have difficulty sometimes. You know, even these days my wife is telling me, you know, I put the S in the wrong place when I, when I speak. You know, he and she all confused, you know. And just, you know, it's, it's my problem. So I would not want to say anything because people will correct me. How can God? How could God use me? Tell you a secret. Some of you know the secret already, but I'm gonna let you know anyways. It's a personal secret. You know I have this birthmark. I won't show you, but I just want to tell you. There's this big birthmark here, dark red, and ugly. And so. I never wanted to wear shorts because why? People would see my birthmark. I was ashamed of my birthmark. So I always have my long pants on, you know, always have my shoes on, the socks on, because I don't want people to. I see some of the guys, you know, in the summer, they throw, throw on their shorts, you know, and their sandals walk around, you know, so cool, right? And I, I was too ashamed. And oh, I also noticed that, you know, most of my friends, they got hairs on their legs. I'm one of those guys that have no hair. I'm not going to show you either. My, my legs look like chicken legs. So I don't wear shorts, you know. It's like, oh my, don't, don't, I feel so naked. But you know, God just started to heal me. He started to heal me from the most insignificant things. You know, from the way that, from the way that I talk. The way I carry myself from my identity, from who I am as a child of God, to my birthmark. These days, you come visit me in the summer, I, I will have my shorts on, man. Chicken leg or not, it's all on, baby. <laughs> 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 
Those are the reproach God needed to put out. Why is it important? The reason it's important is because it gives me the conf- it would give me the confidence to even share so that I can be an encouragement to others, an inspiration to others. God wants to roll away some of our reproaches. You're sitting here this morning. You're thinking to yourself, I, I don't know if I can let people know about this or let people know about this. Oh, if they find out about this or about that, you know, I'll be so ashamed. God wants to roll that reproach away out of your system that you no longer feel ashamed of who you are, but very, very proud of who you are. Who are you? The child of God, the child of the Almighty, who is called for conquest, not just conquest, great conquest, to become more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. That's what you're called. But you cannot play that role unless he rolled away a reproach. You know, some of you probably are so guilty about what you've done in the past, some of the mistakes that you've done, you don't even want people to know about it. But I want to tell you this, whatever struggle you had in the past, you don't need to feel condemned and guilty. God is going to roll away that guilt. There is therefore now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit that is in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. There's no condemnation. There's no shame. There's no guilt. God wants to roll that away. Then you can walk with your head up and your chin up and your chest up hallelujah and with, with, with spring in your step being proud of who you are as a child of God this is your portion this is your inheritance before you go for any conquest friends allow God to roll away your reproach now watch this there's some of us this morning God has just done an incredible work in our lives but then our, our wounds are still raw I want to encourage you, don't rush. Don't rush to the battle. Don't rush to any conquest. Allow God to heal your wounds. Until you are healed, you are in no position for any conquest. Let the Lord heal you. Some of you have been hurt so deeply. Your wound is so deep, and God is rolling away reproach, and He's healing you. Let that process take its course and allow God to completely heal you. And then you're going to be ready. You're going to be proud of who you are as a child of God. You are living under grace. You're not living under anything else but under grace. And you're confident of what He has done in your life, which is whole and complete. Hallelujah. Allow the healing process to take place. But watch this. Don't think that your healing needs years. Some people have been Christian for 5, 10, 15 years. You know, oh, pastor, I'm still hurt. No, man, honey, come on. Healing doesn't take forever. You know, when Jesus lay hands on people, it heals immediately. Amen? Sure, then maybe some of you need a one year or two year, but even then it's kind of long. You know, let the Holy Spirit heal you. Lord, heal me. Heal me. I remember I used to be so ashamed of talking, you know, kind of in my shell all the time, you know. When teacher asks questions, I'll be the quietest one in the class. Like, don't, don't, don't look at me. Don't look at me. I have nothing for you. And yet they always will point at me, you know. You know, one of those Murphy Law, right? But I always very ashamed. I didn't want to say anything. And God healed me through a process that really compelled me to come out of my shell. And that's why I'm able to talk the way I talk today, you know, be more confident. God wants to heal you today. Roll away your reproach. Is there anything in your life that is holding you back? The mindset of a slave, mindset of a sinner, 
mindset of someone that is unqualified, unjustified. In Jesus' name, get that out of your system. Amen? Can I hear an amen this morning? Get that out of your system and say, Lord, roll away my reproach this morning that I can move on to the next stage of conquest. The second thing I want to share with you is this. In Joshua chapter 6, go ahead and turn to it. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. You know, when God said this to Joshua, he already said that to Moses many times. And that it has been already declared to the people of Israel many times. They heard it many times. And here it is again, this time, not only have God said that I'm going to let you inherit the land and take over the land, but he is giving him a specific promise. I have given Jericho, this very city, into your hand, its king, and the mighty man of valor. Why is that important? Watch this. Do not initiate any conquest on your own. The assumption of most people, especially Christian, is that they will initiate the conquest on their own and then ask God to come and help them out. And more often than not, they find that their prayer is not really being answered because God is nowhere to be found to help them. If you ever want to have a supernatural successful conquest, you must make sure that you have the promise of God. On hand. Don't assume anything. If you need to seek confirmation, seek confirmation. Don't get involved in things and expect God to help you out in your initiative and your ideas. Many people say, Go, oh God, you know, like I, I, you know, they see a beautiful girl. That's a good example, right? Beautiful lady, you know. And then they say, Oh, Lord, you know, I, I just love this woman so much. She's so pretty, so beautiful. And so I pray that you give me favor, that she'll like me. Well, that's not going to happen if that's not your girl. You can pray and fast all you want, it ain't going to happen. You can go and call her and call on God, you know, and just, just bind these demons and that demons out of her life so that she can fall in love with you. Well, that's not going to happen. You must first ask the Lord, God, what is your desire for me? You know, we oftentimes want to, we, want, we, want, we take the initiative, you know, and then, and then we find and we fail and we blame God. God, why didn't you come and help me? Now, I've seen Christians get involved in businesses, you know, that they haven't sought the Lord for, you know, and then they got involved in businesses and, and then they fail and then they blame God. God, you promised I tithe, man. I tithe. Why didn't you come and help me? Well, friends, every conquest must be initiated from heaven to see success. You don't know if it's from heaven. Wait. Wait till you get confirmation. Don't make the assumption that God is always going to come alongside with your plan and your initiative or my plan or my initiative. The only way that will work is to find out what the plan of God is before you take the first step. Now watch this. There's some very sincere Christian, sincerest in their heart, that they have a desire in their heart about certain things. Let's use, I don't know, a woman again. It's such an easy example. Fall in love with this, this girl, you know. 
I, I actually can. I, anyways, I'm not going to use my example because never mind. So you know, you know, you you fall in love with a girl, but you know, so they 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 made a decision. The key is they made a decision. This this is this is the right woman, but in the sincerest of heart, they wanted some confirmation. The problem with that scenario is that because they have already made the decision, do you realize that you can find anything you're looking for in terms of confirmation? If you take this Bible and you're willing to take things out of context, it can promise you anything you want. And it's not the promise of God. Are you here this morning? You're so quiet. If you take that one reason why we have so many denominations, so many, so many nuances in the kingdom of God that people go to war for, it's because you know there are people that actually take a little scripture, slide it out of context, and make it a theology. You can slide this Bible 19 ways to Sundays to the theology of your liking. But if you are true to yourself and being honest to yourself is that you see confirmation is first keep your heart neutral. Meaning you have surrendered everything unto the Lord and say, God, you know what? She is super pretty, but I really don't know what's in the background, you know. Maybe she's in it for my money. But if you don't have money, that's another problem, right? But maybe she's in it for my money, you know. And, and you know, only God knows. And only He knows whether 15, 20 years down the road something is going to happen. Are you here this morning? And so we make our own decision and determine our hearts and we want to seek confirmation. You always find what you look for. Are you here this morning? Did I offend you if I did? Please forgive me. Please, please, please. I love you so much. Don't, don't unlove me, okay? But I need to speak the truth. Oh, I've seen so many Christian believers, sincerest believers, don't know this truth. And so they got themselves in a jam and they're trying to blame God. But you said, did he? Well, only you will know because only God knows your heart. Nobody knows your heart. Only your spirit knows. So always look for confirmation of the promise of God. Kenneth Hagin used to say this. He said that whatever you're praying to God for, whatever you want to believe in God for, whatever it is, whatever it is, first find out if it's promised to you. Not for you, to you. I'm going to talk more about the two and four later on. But find out this promise that is promise made to you. Don't, and then look for confirmation. Don't take things out of context. If you can't find in the Bible that it is to you, then forget it. For example, you know, people can make the mistakes of saying, you know, since, you know, Abraham have, you know, two and a half wives, I guess you can call that, you know. Uh, um, Hagar is not, the real wife is a servant, and then Keturah later on, whatever, right? And therefore, I can have multiple wives, or hey, better yet, Solomon have thousands, praise God, you know. But that's not to you. You need to find out about the promises of God. And if you can find it, confirm it, then you put your faith on it and it'll work 100%. But any conquest that is initiated on our own is not guaranteed to succeed. Next. 
This is my last point. And this is a very important point that many sincere believers have missed it. Go ahead. Next scripture. Now God is giving specific instruction now. You shall march around the city, all the men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you will do six days. Once a day, six days. Next. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. Next verse. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast of the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Everybody say, shout with a great shout. shout. Now watch this, right? God has just given them instruction to shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Next. Now watch this. Then Joshua now commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall your word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, Shout, then you shall shout. What's going on here? There's two things that you need to very pay attention to very closely when it comes to conquest. Don't despise details instruction. I know men hate that. That's why we built things with a lot of screws still left behind after we finished building things. At least I did, you know. As I got older, I, I changed, you know, because I, I, you know, I just hate details. I hate details. I, I say I'm, I'm, like a, I'm like a visionary man. I don't like details. Well, again, that's what happened, you know. Things fall apart when I put them together, right? Pay attention to details, especially detailed instruction from the Lord, number one. Number two, timing. Great strategies had failed, not because strategies is not great, because the execution is flawed, mostly in the area of missing the details and having a terrible timing. God knows the details and the timing. Do not despise the detail nor the timing. Always wait for the right timing and that follow to the detailed instruction of the Lord that He'd given you. If you don't have that, wait till you get it. Our Father in heaven is loving. He's not a monster. He's not whispering in one room and then just expecting His children over the other room to, to have all the instruction. And if they don't have all the instruction, He'll whip them. That's not the God we serve. That's a monster. The God we serve, He wants to make sure that you know every detailed instructions. So you wait and you wait until you have all of these instructions, then you execute the strategy, and then it will work for you. And timing is very important. Look at this, man. If some of the people of Israel, they shout on the first day, guess what? It won't work. They will be in full disobedience, and God will not be fighting with them. History would have been totally different. If they shouted on the fifth day, you know, they've, they've done this for five times, you know, get all familiar. It's like, okay, I think we're ready to go. Whoa! Can you imagine one guy decided, oh, oh, come on. Why do we have this? Shout is shout, right? A command is a command. Let's do it. You know, a right thing done in the wrong time is a wrong thing. Are you here? The right thing done in the wrong time is a wrong thing. The right thing has to be done in the right time. Timing is very important. Don't despise the timing. God works in perfect timing. 
Don't jump the gun and miss God. The way God gives instructions is in twofold. One is with this word logos. Now there are detailed instructions that's pertaining to a situation that cannot be found in logos. God will have to give you instruction through rhema. Are you still with me? Now watch this. In logos, there are two kinds of instructions that you should not miss. And that's what get all Christian all confused. There are instructions that is to you. And then there's instruction that is for you. Do you know the difference? This instruction that we just read is to Joshua and his generation and his particular situation for Jericho because it was never repeated again. The next, the next time when they, they try to go, go and attack AI is a completely different instruction. And God never told them to circle the city again, ever again. That was instruction to Joshua for that specific time, at the specific location, as a specific purpose. Don't take that instruction as if that is an instruction that is to you. Let's go back to the girlfriend thing again. You can go march around the girlfriend, blowing shofar all you want, you know, seven times around her house. They'll call the police on you. <laughs> yeah, Lord, you know, I need to break her cold heart. You know, she can't see me. Ooh. They'll put you in jail for that. They call people like that mad. That's not an instruction to you. This is for you. What does that mean? It's for your information that how we need to pay attention to details and timing. Are you here? Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, I remember there was one time, you know, when I was younger, I was invited by a bunch of, you know, sincere Businessmen, you know, godly men, you know, they love God. They love this province. They want to pray for this province, you know. And at the time, we have a, I think we had a conservative government, or I can't remember. And, and so, you know, it was, it was quite, quite a few years ago. And, and so they invited me down in the middle of the winter, 6 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Like, seriously, that's the only time I get to sleep in. Are you serious? So, you know, I, yeah, because I was so insecure, I worried about what they think. So I try to, I, so I say, okay, I'll go. You know, I didn't want to look unspiritual, you know. What kind of pastor is that? All right, I'll go and I'll go. And, and I was going, you know, begrudgingly, you know. And it's like, oh, what am I doing this? So anyways, we went to this, this Queen's Park downtown, you know. They pray in circle, which is God. Fine, you know, speaking tongue and the whole thing, Whatever. And then they did something really weird. They, put, they all took out their own little shofar. They all have a little shofar. This is amazing. And they start walking around Queen's Park circling. And they blow shofar. Woo! You know, you know shofar is not easy to blow. If you don't know how to blow, it sounds like... And that's what most of them sound like. They're trying to circle Queen's Park. I said, I said sir, where did you get that instruction? Where, what are you doing? He said, the Lord told us to do this. I said, the Lord told you. How did the Lord tell you? Well, you read Joshua. I said, that's not your instruction. That is for you. It's not to you. He can blow all you want. And you know what? The more they blow, the worse the government got. And they got... You know the history of this province. There is instruction that is to you. There is instruction that is for your information. You know the instruction in the New Testament is mostly to us. But the instruction in the Old Testament is, Old Testament is mostly for us. The whole Bible is written for us. But don't confuse 
be clear about the instruction. I feel so sorry for believers trying to take some of the Old Testament instruction and follow them. Can you imagine the time of David, you know? He was as foolish, you know? He saw Goliath, uh, what's the giant's name? Uh, Goliath, oh my goodness, senior moment. You know, I saw Goliath, you know, then instead of using the, 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 the stone and the swing, you know, he took a shofar and just jumped around Goliath and woo blow. He'd have been dead today. You wouldn't have known about David. Friends, let me tell you this. Every man of God and woman of God understands this. It's that the testimonies and the stories in the Bible, they are great to encourage our faith. But make no mistakes. Every instruction to every people of God, person of God is unique, even in these days. I remember in the old days, I used to try to copy all the church around the world, you know. I went to, I went to Korea. I went to Colombia, you know. I went to the U.S., you know, try to copy other successful churches. The more I copy, the, 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 the faster the church decreases in numbers. And I said to God, you are so unfair. Why is it that you make them able to work in this technique and I'm not able to do it? Is there something wrong with me? The thing is this. God has a unique calling for this house, for this time, for a specific season and specific purpose that nobody can copy or should copy. And whatever that has been working in other people's, uh, other, other churches around the world, it doesn't necessarily mean, in fact, I would venture to say, it doesn't mean that it will work here. In fact, most likely it will not work here. Same as your life. You've seen some people, how they live their life, and you want to copy them. Oh, please don't be a copycat. Be the original. Can I hear an amen? amen. It had worked for one brother, great, good for them. Seek the Lord and ask him what it is that he wants you to do. Be the original. You know, if you're a copycat, the best you can do is just a percentage of what you copy from. You can't even be fully like them. But what God wants you to be original. He wants you to be original in everything, especially when it comes to conquests. There are specific conquests for you that even Joe Osteen cannot win. Are you here this morning? There are specific conquests that it's designed for you to overcome that even Bill Gates can't do it. There are specific conquests for this house that is not meant for any other house. Are you here this morning? So we have to learn to hear from the Lord, have a specific instruction, and then follow His timing. What are the three things we need to learn? Number one, we need to know that God needs to roll away our reproach in our hearts first or whatever that He needs to reproach from you before you embark on your next conquest. Number two is know exactly what it is that He called you to do. Know the promises that He'd given you specifically to you, to your situation, to your lifetime. And number three, don't leave up the detailed instructions and be careful about the timing. That will allow you to become more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Are you blessed this morning? Did you learn something this morning? Come on, let's praise the Lord.